Okay, folks, our guest this week on the Irish NFL show, uh, we've had him on before, but everyone knows who this guy is. He is the main man, Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport. Ian, it's great to have you back on the show again, and thank you for taking time ahead of a very, very busy draft schedule. No problem, guys. Always good hanging out with you. What's up? Man, it's it's great to chat to you, and I, I know everyone here is excited. When you last came on, it was like our debut on TV. People were loving it. Uh, it's been a crazy year in the NFL for you getting back to normality now. I know the last time we spoke was after the Bucs won the Super Bowl. How has that season been where we've seen shades of normality sort of ending up in a full stadium in SoFi at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really an incredible season for so many reasons, right? I mean, the football was great. The actual product on the field, the football we were watching was awesome. Uh, I think that was one thing. And, you know, it culminated in uh, playoffs that were epic with so many close games and just all, an awesome football game in the Super Bowl and all that was great. The greater picture of what it represented was even better going from COVID to full stadiums. Um, and now, you know, through the off season where it's basically been normal, you know, I know that the giants had practice little OTAs uh, earlier today in their field house, which they have not done in like two years you know, meeting rooms are meeting rooms again. Like there's normalcy, which I think is great. And then this off season, it's been one of the craziest off seasons we've ever seen as far as trades and big deals and just wild activity. Uh, it has been endlessly entertaining and fun, uh, hard to keep up with, but a lot of fun. And Ian, I suppose piggybacking on that, we had Mark Murphy from the Packers on and he talked about how, well, for you, it always is, but about how it's become this 24-7, 365 league. We spoke to Peter King and he, he used the, the COVID trades, the new normal that, you know, we, we've seen teams go from like 95% uh, of teams picking in the first round of the draft to this year, only 75% of the teams will actually pick in, in the first round. Yeah. Trades, have be, trades have become so much more important do you think that that is the the future of the league now yeah i think so and what's been fascinating to watch is there's such completely different views of what a first round pick represents right like it used to represent just it was like the holy grail everybody wanted as many first round picks as possible and to part with one took a special circumstance like a trade for a quarterback and then the rams started doing some things and they traded for jalen ramsey and then the texans traded uh, for Laramie Tunsil, and you started to realize, like, okay, maybe if we have a great player and you know what you're getting, it's worth the first-round pick. And then the Rams won the Super Bowl, and I think a lot more teams are like, you know what? They went for it. They, quote-unquote, mortgaged the future, which isn't really mortgaging the future. You get new first-round picks every year. Um, but there are different ways to do it, and I think you know, that exploding salaries and the willingness of general managers just to engage, it led to just a really, really fun offseason where everybody traded everything and any player that it seemed was available, any player it seemed was available because if a player wasn't that happy, it's like a potential new team didn't hold it against them. They just wanted to trade for him. So that was kind of the, you know, kind of the new normal in the NFL. And it was really crazy to follow. Ian, you had a, a fresh report yesterday about potentially Baker Mayfield going to the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers pick at six. They don't pick again till four. Continued mock drafts of them taking Willis or Piggott potentially. Um, Matt Rule seems to be on the hot seat. Do you think it's more likely they will look for a veteran such as Baker or do you think it'll be a case of let's see where we are after the draft? 
Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be, let's see where we are after the draft, because to me, you know, you probably know going in, like, all right, we're going to take this guy six or not, you know, now maybe they have just one quarterback who's ranked six and maybe someone takes him before him, but I don't know. Um, I, I think, you know, everyone talks about this, not a great quarterback class, and I'm sure that is true, but they always go earlier than we imagine. And it's like, you know, last year having the Patriots wait, you know, an endless amount of time, hours and hours, the 15th pick to take their quarterback, like that was rare. Usually teams get antsy and go, you know what, I'm just going to trade up. So, um, but anyway, for the Panthers, I think they'll probably know going in, all right, we are going to take this guy six or not. Um, but if they trade for Baker Mayfield, say Tuesday, Wednesday before the draft, they don't have to. So that push pull what the Panthers are going to do, how valuable a quarterback is, who they want to take. It's all going to be a very, very interesting thing to watch going forward. And I don't know which way it's going to go, frankly. Um, Ian, sticking on the Browns for a second, you broke obviously the news about Denzel Ward's massive contract. They're reselling the market for quarterbacks. We've already seen an offseason where the wide receiver market has naturally been reset. Kind of a two-parter. I mean, do you see this now cornerback market like we saw the plethora of big wide receiver deals a lot of disruption Terry McLaurin DJ DK Metcalf maybe not necessarily as happy with their deals and secondly you know cornerbacks aren't taken that high in the draft the ward was taken four there's a few that have been taken five I think we've got to go back to Sean Springs taken at three and so what the Lions do at the third pick and they've been associated with a lot of corners could be really interesting I mean we've seen Carl Pitt's taken at four as a tight end last year. So um, your thoughts really about the reselling of what that Denzel and then equally how it might impact upon the view in the draft, especially for the Lions at three. Well, I, I do think there'll be a lot of corners taken in the first round of this year's draft. And we could get, could get six. There's just the problem with this year's draft is after the initial group of corners, there's just not that many available, right? So there's like, six or seven maybe really good ones and then a huge drop off so you might see several in the first round because if you don't get one then you're not gonna you're not gonna get one so um what i think the denzel ward deal kind of hammered home it was a really nice deal for ward but it hammered home that you have to get a premium position if you have the opportunity like it's fine to draft a middle linebacker it's fine to draft a defensive tackle it's fine to draft a running back at some point but this game is about the premium position the corners receivers a little bit, pass rushers, left tackles, quarterbacks. If you have a chance to get one, you got to get one because if you don't, you have to pay for one exponentially more in free agency. Uh, and I think for the Browns, like they got Denzel Ward at four. He's a really good player. Then they, they paid for him. That's all fine, but it's still cheaper and better use of resources than if they had to go get one or trade a bunch of picks for him, say like the Rams had to do for Jalen Ramsey. Ian, March the 8th this year, 4 o'clock-ish Ireland time, Aaron Rodgers is staying. Two hours later, Russell Wilson's traded. Um, for you working in that industry, what has the last few weeks been like for you? Because I, I can imagine your screen time and your iPhone must be upwards of 18 hours a day. Oh, yeah. When we get those, get those, everyone gets those alerts on, you know, Sunday morning screen down. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to see it. Um, that day was crazy. Um I probably knew Rogers was staying, you know, probably for about 12 hours. So I was preparing for that. And, 
you know, then there was the contract and what he was getting and it was 50 million a year. And, um, and then there was the wait for it to be kind of finalized. And then it was the Russell Wilson trade. And, you know, generally in the quarterback world, um, similar to free agency, but a little, you know, it's heightened a little bit because the quarterback world, generally one move affects another move. So as soon as we knew Rodgers was staying, it was like, all right, who's Denver getting? All right, they're going to make a run at Russell, Russell Wilson. You know, so that was um, every move is connected. So that was one of those days you just got to hang on. You just got to hang on, you know, and um, it was it was a lot. Um, but that's what this offseason has all been like. I mean, every day, every week, something has happened. I mean, even, you know, it's a little bit of a quiet time now. It's draft time. And we still had a massive deal in Denzel Ward yesterday. And there's still rumors all around. So um, it's. It's one of those things where you really can't take a break because a crazy thing could happen at any moment. And I suppose one of those crazy things that could potentially happen, though we don't know, um, is in relation to Kyler Murray. And a guy who probably hasn't had the ideal last few months, you'd have to say, the last time we saw him on the field, the the cards were lost heavily to the Rams. And the, the Manning cast, you had Eli, Peyton, and Russell Wilson, maybe not talking specifically about Kyler, but talking about what you need to do to win playoff games. Then obviously the the drama this offseason in relation to statements by uh, Kyler, statements by the cards and and the contract. Do you see them getting a deal done or or do you see Kyler being willing to play there? I I know right now it's voluntary and that's why he's not there. But where where is the state of play with that, Ian? Well, I think there's a lot up in the air. I do think they end up paying him. I don't think they trade him. you know, could they, I mean, they could, they'd get a lot of picks, but I go back to what the Cardinals were before Kyler Murray, you know, they've, they were a bad team. Then they're a mediocre team. Then now they're a good team. They've made a progression each of the last three years. Kyler Murray is part of that. Is he perfect? Definitely not perfect. Got a lot of issues to work out. That is okay. He is not a finished product. None of us are, but he is most certainly not, but they had a first round quarterback before him and it was Josh Rosen. They liked him. They thought he was good. He was not good. Trying to find the next quarterback is hard. So, you know, if you're the Cardinals and you're willing to trade him, you better know you're getting someone just as good. And who is that? It's like even Seattle trading Russell Wilson. I think that was an okay move for them. They got a lot of picks, all that. But who's going to play quarterback for them? And are we sure that person is going to be as good as Russ? Are we sure the rest of the team is going to be as good? So um, a lot of questions if you're going to move on for your quarterback. And I'm not sure there's another answer there. Ian, normally at the, the back end of the first round, it's usually best player available each team takes. But in this year, the, the wide receiver, you know, there's eight or nine wide receivers touts to go in the first round. The Chiefs have 12 picks overall, four in the four sixty-four. They could be going up against the Packers, who also need a wide receiver after Devontae Adams trade. Andy Reid this week has said the offense is going to change. I consulted players. Do you feel they're going to really make a push to move up the ladder in terms of moving around the draft board to potentially get a wide receiver? Uh, I don't think they need to move to get one, but I think they can. And because they have those picks close together, because they have a bunch of artillery from the Tyreek trade, they can move. And I think with, you know, with the Tyreek deal, that was obviously controversial, but he's not a, he's a number one receiver and he's great, but he's not a true classic number one. You really had to scheme for him. And I do think there'll be some relief is maybe not the word, but, I feel like the Chiefs will revel in having an offense that's slightly more normal 
um, this time than they did last time. So I think they're going to be fine. Um, I really do. I mean, they signed Juju. Um, they signed MVS. They're going to draft one, maybe going to draft two. Andy Reid always seems to be fine. And if they're going to let a player go in his history, the last 20 years, you know, way more often than not, it has been the right move to let the player go. So I would trust the Chiefs on this, that the value of picks was greater than the value of money and the player. We'll see how it transpired, but they still got a great team. They still got a great offense. They still got a great quarterback. So I imagine the Chiefs will be okay. Uh, Ian, one team that usually is renowned for its consistency is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you just mentioned about team having a great quarterback. The Pittsburgh Steelers certainly did have a great quarterback, but no longer in the building. They're going through a lot of transition. Obviously, Kevin Colbert we were like, has announced he's retiring or uh, leaving the Steelers after the 22 draft. Obviously, the first person to ever have the GM title in the Steelers organization. And they're going through a lot of I suppose, emotional upheaval with the very sad and tragic circumstances surrounding uh, Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. passing in recent times. When it turns to, I suppose, the draft or the philosophy there in, in Pittsburgh, though, how do you think, given the consistency, given the organizational structure they have in place, how do you think they're going to approach things and do they have to succeed once they solve the most important first question? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Kevin Colbert wants to leave with the quarterback being an open question. I believe that he would like to have this solved. And, you know, my understanding is he told people that I'm not going to leave until I can have the next franchise quarterback. Well, this is a big draft for it. Real question is who would they take? I mean, is it going to be, you know, Kenny Pickett? Is that someone who the value is good enough for them? Is he a good enough player at 20? Is he your franchise guy? I think it's all possible. You just, we're going to find out on draft night, how real that is. If not, I mean, Trubisky is a great flyer. Um, He is someone who certainly talented enough, was probably not a great system for him. We'll see what he's going to end up doing. Um, He is talented enough because he went early on in the draft. You know, it's really a question of, are they going to take someone who's better than Trubisky? And where do they take this person? Now they've done the quarterback work. They've had all the guys in. And we'll see in nine days who they end up taking. You're right, a few more days of the draft, Ian. And look, uh, last round of questions here, last one for me anyway. Um, the thing I love about draft night now, Ian, is the sources that come out about three minutes before it's announced on TV. What's your plan for the draft? Obviously going to be in Vegas. First time the draft's in Vegas. And I, I think all these guys have been to Vegas. It's uh, an incredible location to have the draft when it's literally the most centralized city in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's going to be so fun. And, you know, Vegas always does it big. So it's going to be big. It's going to be right in front of the Bellagio steps. It's going to be Bellagio fountains. It's going to be awesome. So I am excited for that. The draft is going to be great. Um, I don't tip picks, so I'm not allowed and I don't like it anyway. So I'll be waiting for it to be announced on TV, which I think is the proper way to do it. Amps up the drama. People don't want it. People don't want it to be spoiled. You know, if a guy throws up a shot you don't want someone tweeting oh it goes in before you see it on tv so i will let it unfold on tv i'll be talking about rumors and trades and why guys fell and all that but um i'll let it transpire on tv um and i think that's a great way to do it it's gonna be a lot of fun Ian, i suppose one of the the big stories obviously last year was the 49ers moving up and what they they gave away and then they end up getting trey lance and you were on nfl network earlier um talking about jimmy g and his rehab but 
if, what do what do they do if Jimmy if there is no trade and if Jimmy G wins that QB comp- competition? Where where does that leave the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, and and the GM? Leaves them in a great place, having a start a legitimate starting quarterback who led him to the playoffs and gives Trey Lance another year. You know, I mean, I I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. We've seen quarterbacks wait a year. We've seen Aaron Rodgers wait more than two years. It's okay. It doesn't mean Trey Lance is bad. It doesn't mean the trade was a bust. You could think of worse things than, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback. He's a good guy. The players love him, and he led you to the playoffs. He is not perfect. That's why they drafted someone to replace him. But I don't think that's a bad outcome. And if no one trades for him, I think the 49ers just say, you know what? We'll just keep him and we'll play him and that will be fine. And I don't think that's a bad way to go. In the week last year, we had the 49ers moving up the tree quite early, you know, in the process, you know, leading up to the draft. And, you know, recently we've had the Saints move up and a lot of people feel the Eagles were the winner of that. I suppose that deal, were you taken back by that deal at the time? And Saints, you know, do you feel they may move again or do you think they're kind of locked in on two particular players? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was actually more fair than a lot of people did. Um, you know, my sense now is that the Saints just get two really good players in the first round, another one in the second round and move on from there. Um, but obviously there is a possibility of taking a quarterback. Do they package those picks? Do they move up? Do they get up in front of the Panthers to take a quarterback? Because they have all that ammo now, they can do whatever they want. They got great options. We'll see how it transpired, who goes where, and if they need to move up, they might just stay. They could get the top quarterback at 14 or whatever it is. I think that's okay too, but this, I was surprised by the trade, but the Saints gave themselves maximum flexibility, and I'm fascinated to see how they use it. If, if they were to move up, most likely, team I'd imagine would either be the Giants or Jets, potentially. Bear in mind, they've both got two picks in the top 10. Yeah, I think the Giants and Jets would like to move. Um, I think both of them would like to build the roster. Both would like to move. Nobody really wants to have two top 10 picks, but does give you a lot of great chances to make some trades and to create some fun for us on draft night. Ask this question, given the amount of craziness we've seen this offseason, things we wouldn't have expected, trades already in draft picks. But if if I, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm just wondering if you were a GM and everything, what's the, the, the weird or the surprising rumor or the, the aspect you're kind of worried, if not worried, thinking about my, my transpire on draft night in terms of crazy trades or crazy uh, adjustments? We, we get it every year, but I'm just asking for your... Your yeah, I mean, probably the most surprising one would be, do the Lions take a quarterback at two? I don't think they do, but there's a lot of people who are convinced they do. They've done other quarterback work. It would be awfully early, but if you are convinced one is there, then you just take one. So that, to me, is the biggest interesting one, is what do the Lions do? Do they take a quarterback how early? That's one that could really shuffle the draft and make it unrecognizable and probably ruin all the mock drafts as well. Ian, I'm not even going to tell people to follow you because we, they, they already should. At Rap Sheet on Twitter, and I, for one, I know all these boys will agree, we can't wait to see your 3.15 a.m. tweets during the season about who's active, who's inactive. Uh, Thank you very much for your support and for coming on, Ian, as well. Enjoy the draft. Awesome. You guys enjoyed, too. Thank you so much for having me.